The Old Testament reading for today is taken from Book of Psalms, chapter one, chapter seventy-one, verses from one to six, which can be found in the Church Bible on the page five thirty-two. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. and rescue me incline your ear to me and save me be to me a rock of refuge a strong fortress to save me for you are my rock and my fortress rescue me o my god from the hand of the wicked from the grasp of the unjust and cruel for you o lord you are my hope my trust o lord from my youth upon you i have leaned from my birth it was you who took me from my mother's womb my praise is continually of you this is the word of the lord this morning's new testament reading is from the gospel of luke chapter 13 verses 10 to 17 on page 76 in the new testament of your pew bible I very much enjoy being here and teaching and I've enjoyed so much the last couple of weeks though I will say with the musical talent in this church it's difficult to get up after things like that. This morning as Jeff and that song so eloquently described is about freedom and the freedom that God offers on the Sabbath. So read with me Luke chapter 13 verses 10 to 17. Now he Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, "Woman, you are set free from your ailment." When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, "There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not on the Sabbath day." But the Lord answered him and said, "You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years be set free from this bondage on the sabbath day when he said this all his opponents were put to shame and the entire crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things that he was doing this is the word of the lord please pray with me father we come before you desiring the same freedom father we come before you 
asking to be free from our anxieties and our ailments, our struggles and our pains. Lord, this morning, we enter into worship as your church, the body of Christ. Teach us the things you would have us learn and show us the path you would have us walk this morning. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. So this morning, uh, I've titled the sermon, Sabbath Freedom. Freedom because it's very clear in this story that this woman who had this ailment for years was set free. And in this story we just read, Jesus was in the meeting places. He's in the synagogues with the people. He is coming together in a place very similar to this, to worship. And a woman in need of healing comes to him. And Jesus, being the insightful teacher and rabbi he was, he saw very clearly this person needed help. He saw very clearly that this woman had a need, and whether it was an evil spirit or some sort of medical problem, we don't know. But Jesus said, you need my help. And so he did. He went to her, laid hands on her, and immediately it says, she stood upright as Jeff gave that great visual, standing up. And praising God. He says that you are set free. And like so many other times in scripture. When someone experiences God in a miraculous way. It leads to great praise. And it says that she praised God. So many of us have been in the same situation. We've been healed. We've seen the mercy of God in our lives. We've gotten that job we wanted. We've gotten that promotion we wanted. Something good has happened in our social life or in our personal life and we praise God. It's what we always see in Scripture and it's often how we live our lives. When things are going well, we praise God and we have here a wonderful, nice story. It displays the glory of God. It shows the power of Jesus in a miracle. And oftentimes it's good enough. It's good enough to read and praise and say, thank you, Lord, for setting us free. But in this story, Jesus wasn't just on a normal day, was he? He was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, the day of rest. And like so many things in life, when we are happy, (laughs) someone else may not be. And this person decided to be critical He decided to say, no, this is not good because there are rules, Jesus. He decided to be mad and to be indignant, the text tells us, that Jesus would dare do something like this. The reason being, of course, that we all remember the children's story from the book of Exodus. There's this thing called the Ten Commandments, aren't there? And if you're not familiar with them, uh, I had to look it up to see which number it was. But it's number four. Keep the Sabbath day holy. The Jewish people surely would remember this and would know this. And say, no, no, no. You cannot heal on the Sabbath. The day is for rest. And I thought this was interesting and so I looked it up. What is the purpose of the Sabbath? What Surely... This Pharisee, this teacher, missed the point because Jesus has just done a miracle and yet he's angry. And so I looked and in Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 is the first time the word holy is used in the Bible. Jesus said, or 
um, excuse me, Moses had said that the fourth commandment was to keep the Sabbath day holy. And that word was used for the first time in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. And what's interesting about this, and you may know this or have seen this before, the first use of the word holy in the Bible is not about a building. It's not about the tabernacle. It's not about a place at all. It's not anything physical. It's about time. God says in the book of Genesis that he blessed the Sabbath day and made the day holy. Not the church, not the temple, not the tabernacle. The first holy thing was time set apart. Time set apart to rest. Not rules and order and directions for worship. And then what happened in the Jewish tradition is over the years, the people began through Exodus and through returning to Jerusalem and the years leading up to Jesus, began to make more rules. They began to make more rules to say, how do we keep this day holy? And so more rules were added onto more rules and said, well, you may walk, but only so far. You may eat, but you may not prepare food. You may, and they set up all of these rules. And, and, and quite simply, what Jesus did was just not allowed. But in English, there is a phrase, and I think many of you will be familiar with it, that says the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. Are we familiar with this phrase? That the letter of the law says what the law says. Black and white. The spirit of the law is about the purpose behind it. Why did God tell people to set aside a day? Why would God tell his people to rest? And not just to rest, but to make it holy rest. What does that even mean? How do we rest in a way that is holy, that is set apart for the purpose of God? See, this was the problem. The synagogue leader had a very clear understanding of what he thought the letter of the law was. Do not work. Go to, go to synagogue. You may pray, you may do these sorts of things, but ultimately you cannot do whichever these things we count as work. But Jesus didn't seem to care, did he? Jesus saw this woman who we learn is a daughter of Abraham. She's a faithful Jewish woman. If you'll notice a neat detail here, he doesn't tell her her sins are forgiven like he does with many people, which leads many people to believe that she probably was a very devout God-fearing woman who just had this bad break in life that she was bent over. She had this medical infirmity and Jesus said, you need to be set free. There was a need and Jesus fulfilled it. And the result was what? Freedom. This woman found great freedom from her infirmity. Freedom can be found on the Sabbath and why not? The Pharisees had missed the point. The Jewish leaders had all of these great holy and sacred spaces, didn't they? We read about the temple. We read about synagogues and all of the rules they had. They had the set aside their chores. They set aside their work. Throughout the year, there were all these festivals and holy days and days set apart to honor God. The great things God had done. There was Passover and the Feast of Booths and the Feast of Weeks. And all of these wonderful days and spaces set apart. But they had missed the point of setting aside holy time. That God desires us not to set aside rules, but to set aside time 
where we might be away from the world to commune with Him. And for today, how do we see it? I don't know any of you that follow the Old Testament law. And so, for us as Christians today, how do we follow these rules? How do we follow the Sabbath day? What do we count as important? Well, we take a break. We don't go to work. Well, some of us. The shops are closed. The trains may not be running as often. But what happens? Saturday or Sunday comes around and we get busy. We have chores. We've fallen behind on this or that. And we struggle to keep the Sabbath. It becomes, like so many other things in life, a chore, doesn't it? We must set aside time with God. Well, okay, where can we fit God in? Well, okay, well, there's no time here because we have a doctor's appointment. And then after that, we have to cook dinner. But we have to get to the store before it closes. So maybe we can squeeze God in in 15 minutes here. Or, well, Sunday is kind of a busy day because we have church, you know, and then afterwards we go and get lunch, and and then after lunch we always go on. And and maybe we could fit God in here. Jesus understood the purpose of the Sabbath. He understood that the Sabbath was not about rules and was not about a day, but was about creating sacred time. Was creating time in life where we can encounter God and be set free. Surely, we must have boundaries around work. Surely, we must have boundaries around all of the things in life that keep us busy. We know it's not really a day just to catch up on chores. But maybe this will help. This really helped me understand how to think about this idea of setting aside time for God. There's an American pastor and author named Sky Jatani, and he said it this way. The fourth commandment, keeping the Sabbath, the fourth commandment helps us focus on the first commandment. The first commandment is have no other gods beside the Lord your God. The fourth commandment helps us focus on the first commandment. What does that mean? It means that when we practice the Sabbath, when we set aside time for God, we are putting God back where he belongs at the head and the center of our lives. And this is what God intended. And so, as I said, it starts with physical boundaries. We don't go to work. We try not to read emails. You know, or if we read emails, we don't you know, answer them all right away. But when, when my wife and I were discussing this, how do, we, how do we learn to do this? Because I'll be honest, I'm awful at it. Right? Our emails all go to our phones. We check them all the time. We work all the time. And what's more is people expect us to work all the time. People expect us to be available all the time. My wife said this phrase, and I thought it was brilliant. She said that the Sabbath is not an escape. Think about this. The Sabbath is, the Sabbath is not running away or turning your back on the world and pretending it's not happening for a while. The Sabbath is about finding a refuge in God. The Sabbath is about finding a safe place in God. The Sabbath is about going to Jesus and being freed from that which burdens your life. Because God wants us to rest, doesn't he? One of my favorite lines in the Gospels, or my favorite lines in the New Testament about Christ is that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. 
And for me personally, what I've realized about the day of the Sabbath, for me to encounter God, the struggle is in my mind. Because I can take a day off, can't I? I can spend a day hiking or resting at home and tell myself, this is my Sabbath day. But I'm just thinking about what I need to do the next day. I take Saturdays off and I'm just thinking, I hope I don't spill when I cook breakfast for the youth group on my church clothes. (laughs) I'm just thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about, did I forget anything? Did I remember to do this? How do we do that? It's not rest. I'm not spending time in refuge with God. I'm just trying to escape for a few hours. It's becoming a day to catch up. And I don't believe it's what God intended. I understand there are times when it's not possible. I understand, especially with children and small children, it's very difficult to find these times. But let me encourage you, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are not machines. Whether it's school, whether it's work, even family. You cannot effectively love your family without taking time to rest in God. We are not machines. And I was reading a daily devotional and the topic of Sabbath came up. And this great story that I wanted to share with you came up. I didn't know that this had ever happened. But did you guys know that there was once a labor strike that took place in space? It's true. In 1974... Colonel William Pogue became the first American to go on strike while in space. Halfway through his 84-day mission on the Skylab space station, Colonel Pogue and the other astronauts requested ground controllers adjust the work schedule for more rest. He said, we have been overscheduled. We were just hustling the whole day. The work could be tiresome and tedious, but the view was spectacular. But ground control refused. The work was too important, they said. How many people have heard that? It's too important. You can't take a day off. What you have to do has to be done now. It's too important. And so they refused. They said time was limited. They said that even though the astronauts wanted this day off, they were worried that they might be depressed. There might be something wrong with them. They might be backing off on their commitments. But really, all they wanted was just more time to look out the window and think. And eventually, the disagreement between the crew and the controllers became so intense, the astronauts simply went on strike. Finally, a compromise was reached, which gave the crew more time to rest during the remaining six weeks of the flight. Pogue later wrote that having more time to look out the window at the sun and the earth below made him reflect more about himself, his crew, and their human situation, instead of just trying to operate like a machine. What if we thought of the Sabbath as a day to just stop and look out the window? What if we began to treat a day of rest, even if it was a half day, what if it was just an hour where you stopped and just looked out the window? It's a beautiful place to do that. Even if you don't have a view, what I've found is you can walk 10 or 15 minutes and find one. The Sabbath is not about rest from work and from chores, brothers and sisters in Christ. The Sabbath is about finding a refuge. It is about finding a refuge in our Creator, in our God, who desired that we find rest in Him. And not only is it a refuge from work and from chores, but from the difficulties of life. 
Some of us are experiencing great pain. Loved one is sick. Maybe someone we love is ending, nearing the end of their life. Maybe we're not happy at work. Maybe we can't find work. Maybe we have great fighting with the people we love the most in this world. The Sabbath is also an opportunity to rest from those things. A famous rabbi some of you may have heard of named Abraham Heschel once said, The Sabbath comes like a caress, wiping away fear, sorrow, and somber memories. So the Sabbath, I believe, is not just a time to rest from the chores and the busyness, but also to step away from the anxiety, from the struggles, from the stress. I believe this is what God intended for sacred time, for a holy day, a day set apart. And this is the last point I want to impress on us this morning. Our ability, your ability to really rest on the Sabbath really depends on the amount to which you desire and practice it. And I know in church it's difficult to talk about discipline and talk about practice and to talk about really setting aside time to do things because after all, we're saved by grace, not through works. But in my life, and this is my experience, I know that when I take time to encounter God during the week, that my day of rest is that much easier to encounter God when I set aside the time. I know that it's interrelated, that when I come to church that when I set aside time to encounter God, if I do it every day, if I spend time in prayer, if I spend time in scripture, if I spend time doing the things God would have me do, that when I take a day off to go for a hike, if I've been reading the Psalms all week, then when I'm hiking in the mountains, the Psalms are filling my head and I'm praising his wonderful glory. I know that in years past when I have been struggling, when I have been hurting, when I was looking for a job before coming here and I could not find work and I would tell myself, I still need to take a Sabbath. And people would say, why do you need to take a Sabbath? You're not working. <laughs> You're not doing anything. I realized even in those times I had to take a day of rest from looking at job boards, from worrying and from being anxious about my situation. And that the degree to which my Sabbath was restful and was a refuge was the degree to which I sought out God every day. And I wonder if just coming to church and just filling my day with chores and trying to play catch-up is what God meant by a holy day. I don't think so. I don't think that the God of the universe would say that a day is set apart for rest and for holiness and he intends for us to make it the same as any other day. I think God wants more for you than just a day off. I think God wants to give you a refuge. I think God wants to give you a place where you can find freedom. The same as this woman in the synagogue. Freedom from work, freedom from anxiety, freedom from stress, freedom from sickness. The Sabbath comes like a caress, wiping away fear, sorrow, and somber memories. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for freedom. Lord, thank you for taking our, ang 
anxiousness. Thank you for giving us a day of rest. Father, I pray that we would see the need for refuge in our lives. Father, I pray that we would see the need for you every day, but especially to set aside a day to be with our families, to look out the window, and to not operate like machines, to set aside homework, to set aside emails, to set aside busyness, that we would enjoy our God who loves us so deeply. Lord, you are good. That's why we are here this morning. That's why we praise you, and it's why we read your word. Give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to live like you have called. In your name we pray, amen.